Hey, how you doing? You with Jamal Williams and you listening to Roster Watch. Rosterwatch Nation, welcome back to the epic Rosterwatch podcast brought to you by Rosterwatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap, joined, of course, by The Trash Man. If you're watching us on stream, <laughs> didn't have much time to discuss it pre-show, but I guess there is a puppy pug on tr- Trash Man's shoulder. Like a, it's, like, her favorite, it's her favorite place to be. It's, it's like you got an angel on one shoulder and a devil on the other, except it's a little pug. <laughs> well... Uh, yeah, she weighs anyway. about two pounds. So What's her name again? What's her name? Uchiko. Uchiko. So the Alex Trashman and, and Uchiko here on the on the podcast today. A couple things to get to. We're going to break down Tank Dell from the University of Houston, the the wide receiver that's going to be at the Senior Bowl. Uh, just a pro- prolific wide receiver from the University of Houston over the past two seasons, but. Um, there's maybe some things about his profile that, that, that worry you a little bit. Trashman, I have not read your eval yet. I haven't edited or, or put in my st- stuff yet. Oh, you haven't? No, so I'll be interested. Like, I've, I've definitely watched him, and I have my own thoughts, so it'll be interesting to hear sort of what we both think about him. Uh, before we get to it, I uh, w- want to go over some Dynasty buy or sell stuff. I asked you you know, to look over the um, the Dynasty rankings that we have up so far, and the Dynasty Top 250 is going to be out soon for our pro members but like we talked about we're completely overhauling it from last year and just to make sure we weren't getting too far off the reservation i just pulled into our spreadsheet the uh, expert consensus from over at fantasy pros which i'm not sure how much i trust i think a bunch of these i think a bunch of these are bad right but we're gonna they we're may gonna just talk. not be updated at this point you know? i mean i looked but here's the thing you can sort and i i only sorted by people who i knew and by people who had updated within the last like three to four days Right. And so I just I think some of these methodologies just could be different with how they're looking at some of these players, how they value age, stuff like that. So we're going to talk about uh, I asked Trashman to uh, maybe come up with two guys, he, you know, he feels strongly about being higher than consensus on two guys. Uh, he feels strongly about being lower than consensus on based on where the consensus is sitting right now. And I also just had a few players that I thought were kind of interesting as far as what I'm seeing with the consensus versus our initial rankings where we were, you know, doing them in a complete you know, uh, without even looking at anything else. Now that we're starting to round out like the 250, we want to make sure that there's nothing that nothing we missed or anything we could take away from kind of wisdom of the crowds to say like, man, do we really need to rethink being, you know, 30 spots lower on this guy than some of our competition. So there are a few there's of those one guys. guy in particular I can see right now. And it, it's always the guy I'm, I'm, that I'm going to be lower on. Isn't it trash, man? Yeah. So, look, let's just start out. Before we get to that, just tell me your thoughts on the Derek Carr situation. I saw in, our, in one of our Fantasy Leagues group texts that you said that your long national nightmare dating back to 2002 with these Carr brothers is finally over. I'm not sure it's over. I, I, think you're, I, I, don't, I don't think you've seen the last of Derek Carr, but you know, your, your, your general uh, thoughts. 
it looks like if he can't be traded, it looks like if he can't be traded by the 15th of February, they're, they're moving on. And he wrote on Instagram earlier, a long, sad diatribe to all of Raider nation saying, I know I said, if I wasn't a Raider, I didn't want to play football, but (laughs) I still want to play football, (laughs) but thank you. Anyway, what do you think? What are your thoughts on Derek Carr? I mean, I think they're moving on is the right move from him. I feel like it's Derek Carr, like his brother. I mean, like, you know, he was decent for Devontae Adams. You know, they had a good season together, but he's not a game-winning quarterback, in my opinion. He's a guy that just kind of, you know, maintains a status quo, really, in any organization that he'll be in. Um, I could see him maybe potentially going to the Jets, and, you know, he's got – I think whoever lands on the Jets has probably the best situation – as far as offensive weapons in football, I mean, that that's the best situation a quarterback can step into, in my opinion, right why, now. Why? Because you like the offensive line, Brees Hall, Garrett yeah, Wilson, I mean, they have it all. Elijah Moore. They have Conklin, it all. C.J. Uzama. They have yeah. it all. I mean, I don't think it's the best situation. I think the best situation you can get dropped into is probably Miami, right? Uh, I mean, I, I guess so. Yeah. yeah. You'd rather get dropped there, but I mean it's it's a it's a good spot for sure. You you generally think Jets, oh Jesus, but, but yeah, I mean there are there is a good surrounding cast there, especially uh, when you consider the offensive line, you consider the good the good running backs, and then you consider just dynamic guys in Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore. And I would certainly like Elijah Moore to get some kind of semblance of good quarterback play because that was a rough season. This last one, do you have any like for me? I was thinking about the Raiders who would be good to come in. They obviously made this move with a plan. I don't think the plan is Jared Stidham. Uh, of course, there's all the buzz about Tom Brady and the Josh McDaniels reunion. Um, I don't know if that would, I don't know if I would love that for the skill players uh, in Las Vegas. I I mean, obviously for Devonte Adams, I would love to see Aaron Rodgers go there. I think that, yeah, would, that be would be, awesome. I mean, I can see that happening for sure. What about Jimmy G? That's a Josh McDaniels kind of – or is he just – or is Jimmy G – I mean, I just think about Jimmy G and it feels like maybe that's a guy who uh, – I, I For guess me, I can't Jimmy say, G is 49 who's or bust. Yeah, right. Well, I just – you know, it feels like if he's with anybody except Shanahan, he's going to be just like Derek Carr and he's going to be a quarterback that's just good enough to keep you competitive but just bad enough to keep you in perpetual limbo, right? It feels like if he comes to – like, it, I mean, it really is banging your head against the wall with some of these guys, you know. Yeah, you just hold on to because you know well, they're good enough to keep us competitive. But man, when the lights really come on in these big games, they fold and and, and they bust and they and they throw picks. Um, the the other one you hear, um, and then of course people you know people are saying that Baker Mayfield has had some kind of renaissance. I just say that that's coming in there, rabbit out of the hat with Sean McVay and other teams just not knowing what the hell to think and. You know, I think you give teams an offseason with, you know, film on Baker Mayfield. Um, and if you take him out of McVay's offense, you know, your team has, you know, uh, like if division opponents have a whole year to plan for facing yeah. Baker Mayfield twice and whatever system he ends up in, it's not going to be like him popping onto the scene like some damn rabbit out of a hat with 12 hours of notice. Um, it's like whenever you're playing poker with like somebody who's never played Hold'em before. 
And like, you know, they win a, they win a few hands because you don't know what they're going to do. Oh, yeah, because you're thinking like, oh, you just you, you run back through the hand. You're like, wait, man, he cheat. Wait, wait. He checked on <laughs> he checked on the flop. Then he then he then he then he then he, then he checked, raised the turn. And, and, you know, and and now he's, you know, and now he's like, you know, he's just like two betting the river. What the what the hell does what the hell does this guy what the hell does this guy have? Um, and then you realize that he just he just doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, well, that's that on on Derek Carr, I guess. Let's talk about some of these guys. I think the guy that you were mentioning that we're lower on. I, I mean, we're going to have to get him up some. But I, it's 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 Ramondre Stevenson, right? That's who you're yeah. talking about. So, if you look at the consensus across, I uh, like 17 different experts. Basically, a consensus on him is overall player 27 in dynasty startups. Uh, he's sandwiched as far as running backs. Right in between Javante Williams, who's 23, Josh Jacobs, who's also 25, with his future a little bit in doubt since, of course, the Raiders did not pick up the fifth-year option on him. There has been some has been some buzz um, lately, and some quotes from McDaniel saying, "Like, man, you know, he played Raider football for us. Like, we would love to have him around." You know, I think looking back, if they could go back in time and exercise that fifth-year option, they certainly would do that, right? So. I don't know if they're going to be wanting to pay him. The it, it, if we talked about David Montgomery expecting seven point two a year, aren't we going to be Josh Jacobs is going to be in that same in that same bucket at least? At least, I mean, it feels more like he'll be like an eight, eight, eight plus. So uh, with the Raiders, if you're having, you know, if, if you're a little bit, if you're if you're being a little bit budget sensitive when you want to bring in a big name quarterback, if that is the plan, it might be hard to keep a guy like Josh Jacobs in the fold. So there could be some uncertainty there with what's going on with him. Um, then you have Ramondre Stevenson here at overall consensus number 27. Um, he's ahead of Nick Chubb, who's going to be 27 years old. He's way ahead consensus wise of Joe Mixon, who's going to be 27. We're talking, um, like what six spots consensus wise he's higher and then just way higher than Tony Pollard uh who is consensus uh basically overall number 38 or so so to me I think it's interesting we're a lot higher on Tony Pollard than the, than the consensus a lot lower on, on Ramondre Stevenson. And my reasoning for being lower on Ramondre Stevenson is a couple of reasons. One, I'm probably always going to be biased against the guy. I did. You've always hated him. Well, I've had a bad evaluation on him out of college. I didn't like him at the senior bowl. I, did, I didn't think he had a skill set that was particularly conducive to doing what he's done in the NFL. And look, he's done it. And I was, you know, I was wrong to saying, think he was going to be a complete nothing burger. And the lesson I've learned from that, and I'll always learn lessons from my mistakes. I think the lesson that I learned from that is that if these guys, if even if they look fat and they look slow and they test bad as far as their speed, if they get if they have good feet and they test well with their agility and, and they can catch and they go to a team that's determined to use them, they they can make things happen. And that, that's what Ramondre has been able to do. With that said, he's, it's, it's, it's the Latavius Murray rule. With 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 that, he he didn't have good lateral agility. <laughs> he, all all that Davies had was was size and straight line speed. Um, he's a completely different animal. It's, it's just the it's Latavius rule that you got to learn from your. 
I, I, I hated Latavius. <laughs> all he's done is he's been a running back in the league that's been semi-serviceable until he's like 31 years old or whatever. It's, it's just amazing. But um, Ramondre, uh, you know, we have him at 55 right now. I think we probably need to get him up just to not be completely egregious. But here's my concern, Trash Man. Like, if they – a lot of this stuff that we've seen this year when he's good, there's been stuff with Damian Harris banged right. up. What? Damian Harris is still on that team. Yeah, and, well, and you know, last year, we can't forget, I mean, we liked Pierre Strong coming out. We liked Kevin Harris coming out. These are guys that are on that team. It's always been an absolute nightmare with those guys, you know, just knowing who's who, what's what. Now, Damian Harris is set to be in – unrestricted free agent next year. And so I think that's what people are, people are globbing on to the idea that, you know, no more Damian Harris, Ramondre takes over that role to himself. And I think what we need to do is we need to bake some of that optimism in, you know, we need to bake in some of that optimism that Damian does not come back, that Damian as has been rumored, might speaking of guys rumored to the Raiders, you know, that's been rumored the whole time. No, no Josh Jacobs. Josh McDaniels will bring in Damian Harris, um, which honestly makes Damian Harris a little bit interesting as a dynasty buy if, if you yeah. make a small bit of that assumption in. But if there is no Damian Harris, we've seen what the splits are like for Ramondre Stevenson. My worry is uh, Damian Harris isn't going, you know, it's like we don't know yet whether they're bringing him back. He is set to be, he, he is set to be free. So we need to bake in a good amount of that. But we don't know for sure. We also know that we really like Pierre Strong. We also know that we really like Kevin Harris. We also know that whenever, like, whenever the chips are down to, down the stretch of this season, Ramondre Ramondre folded. He he wasn't good. He wasn't good. And uh, he even he and he even said he was he was he was worn down. He had issues making it through seasons in, in college. He he didn't have the wear in college that that uh, some of these other guys did to you know make it through a whole a whole violent season. So I, I you know all I think probably we need to get Ramondre up. But geez, man, like does it really feel that good getting Ramondre Stevenson above Javante Williams? Not at all. Twenty three. I I mean I don't think that we can do that. And I understand that there's, you know, there's issues baked in with Javante. He's, he's coming off a devastating injury. He, he might not be ready to start next season, right? Yeah. So there, there's that. But he's got two years on him. He, right. certainly, he certainly has the pedigree on him as just a dude that when we've seen what he's able to do in that backfield to himself, I, I, I think that there's room to move Ramondre up a little bit closer to those guys. But we're not going to be as – we're not going to be as high on Ramondre Stevenson as consensus. I just think maybe there are some of these wide receivers that we have ahead of him. Some of these other guys, I think you might be able to get him in the same range that we have guys like Kyle Pitts, you know? Yeah. And, and we're, we have guys we're, we're also low on. <laughs> right. Well, well, yeah, but I think, you know, instead of like consensus overall number of like what, 24 to 27, I think if you get him at 40, you can do so without being egregious and you can, you can bake in some of the stuff that you know we worry about as far as the depth that's there underneath him and the I idea mean, I feel like if we're wrong about Ramondre Stevenson long term then I'm okay with that <laughs> well right well I, I don't want to be okay with being wrong about anything and I, I mean I, but I, I mean really, just I mean just like I I just don't see 
the upside of Ramondre Stevenson being, being that high over the next few years, you know, given the situation and given yeah. the type of player that he is. Yeah, it, it, it feels like he's a pure volume and usage based kind of guy. He's not, a, you know, he's not a guy. He's not one of these like he's he's not a Kenneth Walker who's going to, you know, one play, get the football. And the, the next thing you blink your eyes and next thing you know, he's in the end zone 85 yards later. It's just it's a different it's just a, di- a whole different breed of cat. Um, it looks like you were right about Chris Godwin and the rumors of his demise being greatly exaggerated. Uh, I was I was maybe a little bit lower, I guess. You weren't super high on him compared to where the, the consensus has him somewhere around like 33 overall. We have him more like I was probably a little bit, a little bit low originally. So I moved him up to right there at 40. You still haven't adjusted your initial rank on him, but just as a 27 year old in that offense, I'm not sure we'll get quite up to, you know, we're going to be taking him in the, you know, the third, just in the third round of these dynasty startups, man, when you're looking at guys like, you're staring down the barrel like a 27-year-old Chris Godwin or a 25-year-old Devontae Smith, right? Or like a Tony Pollard, a 26-year-old DJ Moore. Um, I guess with Pittman, things start to get tough, right? Yeah. But man, in, in this, but in this, like, this is the kind of spot where, like, the you can see Chris Olave fall to someplace like that. I'll be damned if I'm going to be taking Chris Godwin over Chris Olave, who's going to be what 22 years old next year. Our number one wide receiver in last year's class. Yeah, well, I mean, I think a lot of that depends on who's quarterback for both. I of don't. Teams. I mean, I'm just like I just always like I just have it. I just have it. I should just get a tattoo that just says all, all always Olave. <laughs> you know, like, I love just, Olave, but yeah. I mean, a, a mediocre quarterback in New Orleans versus a guy who's going to sling it in Tampa. I, you know. Yeah, yeah. We're we're. It looks like we're probably dangerously low on Devonte Adams who's turning 31 this year. I mean, he has a consensus. I mean, somewhere in the somewhere in like 20 26 to 31 somewhere in there whereas we have him more around like number 44 just because he's going to be a 30 he's going to be a 31-year-old wide receiver. We don't know who his quarterback is. Yeah. It, now, he doesn't look like he, he's any worse for the wear at he this age. Doesn't. He looks fantastic. Um, I think playing inside there, I think he loves being in Las Vegas. And I, I do think they're probably going to invest in the quarterback position. And I feel like that's one that we just kind of put a pin in it. We say when we know what the quarterback stuff is going to be at that point, we'll be willing to kind of move him up a little bit. But I think taking a cost, a cautious approach right now is pretty, you know, pretty important there for him. Um, any, uh, just a couple others that I wanted to hit on is, a couple that we were higher on Garrett Wilson. Garrett, Garrett Wilson is who I wanted to. Yeah. All right, we'll talk about Garrett Wilson. I mean, really with any other court, if we had any other quarterback who was more their salt under the center for the jets this season, I mean, Garrett Wilson could, could have, I, he could have the best rookie season out of any receiver. Well, I mean, I did. He kind of, he kind of might have, I mean, yeah. I think he did it stretches, you know, but I mean, I don't, I don't think overall he was. So let's see, Olave and PPR was wide receiver twenty-seven. Um, yeah, so he wasn't. Uh, Garrett Wilson was wide receiver thirty-one. Where was Christian Watson in a on, just on a per game? 
on per game, he was wide receiver 35. Drake London was wide receiver 43. I mean, they're baking in some of these games too, where they hadn't really even started to utilize some of these guys yet. You know, who, who, who am I, who am I, who am I leaving out here? Um, what other rookies, what other rookies? So Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Christian Watson, um, Drake Lennon, Dotson. Jahan Dotson. Yeah. So Jahan Dotson was wide receiver 44. All these guys are kind of in the same, sort of the same bucket. I mean, Chris Olave, 13.3 PPR fantasy points per game in his rookie season. Garrett, he only played 15 games. Garrett Wilson in 17 games averaged 12.8, both with bad quarterback situations. Yeah. But trash man. I mean, Shout out to us, dude. Our number one and number two wide receivers in the class with the worst quarterback situations end up fantasy rookie wide receiver one and wide receiver two as far as uh, 2022 redraft. Yeah. Good good for Ohio State, too. I can't believe people are getting so low on Jackson Smith and Jigba whenever he was able to look like an alpha among those two guys. Right. And just because he, he was hurt this year, people have forgotten about him. And I mean, well, say, it's just that kind of league these days, or fantasy well, league these days. Well, I mean, JSN, we're, we're, I mean, we're going to be high on him. Everybody else is going to get so, so hyped up on the, on, the, on, on the Quentin Johnston stuff and everything. And I like Quentin Johnston, but people are just like, they act like they forgot about JSN. Um, okay, so you mentioned Garrett Wilson. Anybody else that kind of stuck out to you? As a being, you know, that you feel like you know you're buying on or you're selling on, given this, these consensus numbers that I pulled in. I mean, Kenneth Walker was one where I, you know, I, you know, it's kind of splitting hairs, considering how high he is. But I think we're generally, you know, you know, higher on him than the consensus. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And how can you not be? I don't know how you can't be. I can't believe that the ECR on him is 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 number nine overall. We have him at number four. I mean, he's a he's a he's a he's a he's an absolute you know he's an absolute stud, man. Like our our evaluations on him were good. I'm glad that we never we never ever 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 um, deviated from you know making sure that you know if you have the 1.02 in your rookie draft, you you want to take Kenneth Walker. You know, a lot of people were saying after Brees Hall, you can start thinking about Drake London or Garrett Wilson or any of the rest of these guys. But no, man, Kenneth Walker's still really good and he's going to emerge. And now all of a sudden, man, you're going to you have to trade away a couple of ones to to, to be able to get Kenneth Walker on your team. I mean, he's an he's an elite, an elite dynasty asset. Or how do you think he'll fare this? How how do you think he'll fare this weekend versus versus the vaunted San Francisco defense and what might be the range? It could. Uh, it might not be the best game. It might not be the best game. I'm, well, I'm not sure. Well, it'll be. It'll be a good test for him. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's he's pretty cheap on DraftKings. That's I, what I'm I, saying. I think in DFS. I mean, I think considering his upside, he's going to be one of the cheaper plays this week. Yeah, he's going to be super, super owned. I'm not sure. It's. I don't know. I mean, the, I mean like Michael Pittman, we're maybe too low on. I don't know because with Pittman, I just don't. I, I it's like you know, I've always loved Pittman. That going getting back to the senior bowl, I just feel like man, that guy disappeared. That guy disappeared, and the quarterback situation has been so bad. He had a good week one, and then after that, it's been kaput, dude. It's been it's been it's been, a, it's been not good for him. 
And whenever a guy's capable of just disappearing like that, it's the same hesitancy that I still have about Elijah Moore. It's like, how are you even capable of disappearing like that? I think when you're a slot guy, I think that can sometimes happen. And, and when you have someone like Garrett Wilson on the outside and someone like Corey Davis, who is a good receiver and who a few years ago, when he came out was, you know, one of the top receivers in the draft with Michael Pittman. I just, I mean, I feel like a lot of it, the onus is on the quarterback situation there. It's just, and when you have a running back like Taylor, I mean, you don't necessarily need to lean on the receiving game or you, I mean, you tend to not receive on the, I mean, lean on the receiving game like you might otherwise. So I feel like Pittman's situation, it's a little bit more complicated um, than we might think. So you think Pittman, but like, so why do you like, why do you like him? You just told me a bunch of reasons not to like him. I mean, well, I I think he's a good receiver. I'm just thinking the situation, I mean, like the reasons we don't like him, I don't think are necessarily all on his back, you know? I mean, who are you going to move him up over? Are you going to move him over Godwin or Devontae Smith or Cooper Cup? No. I mean, he's – I mean, we have him in the – we have him in the 50s. Oh, yeah, 50 – yeah, 50 overall. compared, But that's only compared to number 37 consensus. I don't yeah, think it's that – I mean – I don't think it's – I don't think it's that bad. Maybe it's a little bad. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's a little bad. All right. I mean, so we have, him, we have him behind someone like Kyle Pitts, who we kind of hate. Um, yeah. Well, I, I don't want to be on record as saying I hate Kyle Pitts. <laughs> Look, but, but hey, listen, be, before we get on to Tank Dell, I just wanted to just the, the, the main one that I wanted to talk. Do you have any other main ones that you wanted to talk about? Uh, no, I mean, I feel like we're, you know, Damian Pierce might be one where we're, you know, generally higher than the consensus. Which I like. Yeah. People people don't like day three draft capital out of these out of these running backs. But I know that Damian Pierce last season, rounding into like week nine or ten, right at the trade deadline, I'm getting trade offers in these uh, with these expert leagues from you know good analysts who you respect in this business that were offering me a first round offering me a 2023-1 for Damian Pierce. I'm not going to forget. I'm not going to forget that. I'm also not going to forget how much that organization really likes him. That organization has nowhere to really go but up. They're yeah. going to have the. They're going to have the what the second pick in the in the draft. They're going to they're they're going to figure out quarterback. They're going to keep rebuilding uh, the offensive line. The offensive line has some good pieces on it. It technically should have been better than it was based on the personnel. Yeah, you get another year with Kenyon Green. I, I just I, I I'm not getting off the whole. I'm. I'm not getting off Damian Pierce. The, I, I, his his biggest risk is them bringing in another veteran, which doesn't seem like they would want to do. They they really like him, or what? Using draft capital on another running back in this class, whenever he was kind of like one of the stars on 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 offense. Yeah. Like if they have if they have any sense to them, they'll understand that running backs not where you want to allocate any of these resources when you have somebody who you like who you have there for cheap. Yeah. Oh, and that and that reminds me, somebody who I think we need to consider is John Mechie in these in this dynasty in these dynasty rankings. Mechie. So yeah, I mean, uh, well, I haven't gotten down to the the area where I'm comfortable sort of slotting him yet, but it looks like his consensus right now is right around pick number, right around pick number two hundred, two hundred two, 
And, you know, with that being said, I definitely would want him over, you know, I mean, if you give me a choice between him and like Marquez Valdez Scantling, who has a consensus right now of 184, like there's no question that I'm going to take the devil I don't know and Mechie over yeah. the over the Stonehand idiot and MVS. I can't believe how bad he is. I cannot believe how bad his hands are. Why does Mahomes even throw him the football? I feel like Mahomes just throws it where he can get it these days. Well, one guy who definitely gets the football is the guy who you watched and you did the write-up on. I haven't seen it yet. His name is Nathaniel Dell. He says that he hates the name Nathaniel, though, and don't call him Nathaniel. He wants to be called Tank. And so, <laughs> well, we'll call him uh, Tank then. Yeah, so he's he, no—he's definitely no Tank. Yeah, it's funny. It's a dude named Tank when he's like five, maybe five foot ten, maybe one sixty-five, drip, drip, dripping wet, right? And we've yeah. and we've seen these guys, we've seen these guys come to the Senior Bowl, and sometimes look good, sometimes look really, really bad and really, really small. But we have seen some of the smaller ones. Philip Dorsett comes to mind. Calvin Austin Jr. comes to mind. Uh, some of these guys that come in with the really dynamic shiftiness, and in Philip Dorsett's case, you know, good, 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 really good hands and speed. People forget that Philip Dorsett was a, you know, a really exciting prospect, right? Just given how fast he was, I'm not sure Nathaniel Dell is is that fast, but he was super productive, not only in his um, junior season where he broke out. Uh, 109 receptions, which was good. Or I'm sorry, not only his junior season when he had 90 receptions for like, what was it, 90 for 13 something. Um, then in his senior season, the year after his breakout at age 22 as a junior, and I'll talk in a minute why he's kind of old. Um, one 109 receptions for 32 percent of the team's market share. 1398 for 34 percent of the team's market share. Um, uh, receiving yard wise and 17 touchdowns for 43% of the team's market share there for overall a 36% market share um, production uh, production rate, which is one of the best out of all of these guys. And he, he, he did it while being so – he did it while being just so small. And he plays differently than your average small wide receiver. Out of high school, he didn't have any offers except one he got it from FIU – at a seven-on-seven tournament. Apparently, FIU did this bullshit to him that they're doing to kids nowadays where they give him the offer that's, like, not not committable, right? They, they kind of give all these offers out. And then when it comes to nut-cutting nut time for the class and the kid has already been committed for this longest time, they just quit taking your phone calls about how you sign in your – how you sit in your LOI, all the rest of this. And they told him basically by – their lack of communication to buzz off. He ends up going to Alabama A&M. I think is, is, yeah. is that the HBCU? Yeah. So he goes to Alabama A&M hurts his gets hurt in the first game of the year, comes back and plays the last three of the year and actually puts up good numbers there. But then his plan the whole time was to go there for one year, then go to Juco where he went to, um, oh, do you have a pulled up track? Was it independence? junior college somewhere in Missouri. I think it was independence where uh, he goes there, there for one year, then USF for then he's from Florida, right? I think he's from Daytona beach. He, USF offers him. He commits to USF 
and then they get close to signing day, and the USF pulls the same thing that FIU does to him, and they tell him he can't come. And then so he ends up going to Houston, of course, in an air raid offensive system. He's there for one year. Uh, I believe that year he was there first behind Marquez Stevenson, who's now with Buffalo, uh, a guy who we saw at the senior bowl. Second year he's there was the breakout year as a junior, age 22. Age 23, he goes completely bananas on the AAC. Um, one of the best, one of the best players in the whole conference. And as you can, as you can kind of tell, he's, he's not, uh, he's these guys who were 165, you know, the Deshaun Jacksons come to mind at the very high end of the range, the Marquise Browns, my immediate comp for Nathaniel Tank Dell was Tutu Atwell. Because I always felt like Tutu was a little bit of more of a just a little bit more of a scrappy guy. Um, he had, he 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 had a lot of speed, and I feel like I, I feel like Tank has good speed. He doesn't have Tutu Atwell speed, but there's something about the kind of the shifty sort of scrappiness that he has, and also the fact that I you know I feel like for coming from an air raid offense, he runs pretty good routes. You know, he, he gets in and out of his breaks pretty pretty well. Um, I'm not sure if that's what you think of him. Again, I haven't seen any of your, um, I haven't seen any of your breakdown of him. So, what do you think? I mean, is he is he is he too small? Um, do, do you? I mean, have any- he looks like he's too small. Um, yeah. My immediate comp was was Calvin Austin from last year. Okay, it, 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 it was Calvin Austin. Yeah. Well, there you go. Um. What I like about Tank, he's explosive. He's got soft hands. He's a quarterback's, you know, he's one of those quarterback's best friends where you kind of throw it anywhere in his vicinity and he comes down with it, it seems like. Um, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just sharing on the screen like a reel from his Instagram. So this is, this is credit to uh, Tank at Tank Dell on Instagram. This was his uh, little reel that he put out whenever he said he was going to be leaving leaving Houston after this year, which wasn't that big of a, wasn't that big of a surprise. I mean, the guy's going to be a 24 year old rookie. Yeah. Um, he's quick to get upfield after the catch. He's, he's like kind of a slashing twitchy runner um, with good straight line speed. And he doesn't shy away from contact, which is, you know, nice to see from, well, it's nice to see from a small guy, but it's, it's dangerous. Uh, I'm out of, out of a small guy. He doesn't shy away from contact. He'll he'll run he'll run through tacklers if he if he doesn't evade them or just run past them. He's got um, dude. He dude. He has got some ankle breaking open field moves. Yeah, I mean it's just like he he's a really good kick returner. He's a guy who can win some of the. He's a guy who can win on some of these. It, it's so it's crazy to say it, but like about a guy his size, but he can kind of he can kind of win on a 50-50 ball every now and then. Yeah, if I mean you watch things, but like. He didn't really face the press in that wide open offense. Um, he ran a pretty simple route tree, and he, you know he's just built really slightly. So, honestly, what I'm looking if he can, you know, beat some of these senior bowl he corners, can, he can break covers, your ankles in the open field. I mean, if he, he can really beat can. some of these, if he can beat the press at the senior bowl, some of these you know cornerbacks who are going to be in the NFL, then I really like Tank. If he if we don't see him do that, then I think he might be one of these players who's relegated to mostly special teams in the NFL. Um, so that's going to be a big test for me. That's going to be one of the main things I'm looking for out of Tank at the Senior Bowl is can he 
when he faces the press on a consistent basis, can, can he beat it? And can he beat it against these senior bowl corners? Because we really haven't seen him do that much. What about um, Romeo Dobbs last year? What about him? It was the worst. It was in the practices. It was the worst performance I've ever seen against the press. I mean, like, did it kind of did it kind of come was, to show? Romeo, in the NFL? Like Romeo, for me, Romeo, it was like 50-50 more because Romeo had some really great plays. He he made some good plays. Um, when he was really bad, he was really bad, and when he was good, he was really good. So. I, I, and I don't think it I, – and I think Romeo Dubs kind of beat himself in a lot of those situations. And to, and to be fair, it's turned out that he's playing second fiddle to Christian Watson just like we thought he would anyway. I mean, it's right. not even close now that you see both those guys on the football field together. So, De- Tank Dell, you think probably just because of size – do you, what do you think he has to run to, to be a day two prospect and get that draft capital that we'd be interested in? Do you think he's got to run sub 4-4? Four, four? To get day two consideration, I think. I mean, I think so. What do you What do you project him at right now? Four four five. I had projected him at four four three. I think that's probably about right. I'm not sure he's sub four four. Uh, we'll find out. I do think if he's sub four three, we could be talking about a guy that. I mean, the Rams took two two Atwell on day two. Yeah. So did they did? I mean, I think it's going to be about what a team needs, and I don't think it'll. A lot of it will ha- will kind of depend on how he does at the Senior Bowl. It, it, so it was. Um, let's see. I just wanted to make sure. Yeah. So two two out. It wasn't just day two. Two two out. was actually the second second round. It, all right. So to your initial your initial eval though, if you had to say Tank Dell is going to be going around when in the NFL draft and you're just forecasting forward, of course you can always re- re- revise this later. Do you do you think he's more likely day two or more likely day three? I think day three. And Just, just based on what I think NFL teams will do, is he, based on is, the size and, and the school he's coming from. So, so Calvin Austin was your comp. That was one of, one of my original comps. All right, so that's, that's fine. I think that that's a good comp. But if you can't use him, is he more Deshaun Jackson – or is he more Tutu Atwell? I think he's more of a Tutu Atwell. 